What's good? What's good, everyone? Welcome into another edition of Scout Team Sports. I am your host, DeValiant. I appreciate everyone who still continues to support this podcast, rock it with me in an effort uh, currently to get this over to YouTube. I know that a lot of people do prefer to watch video on um, when it, even when it comes to podcasts now. So I'm looking to get this off of just audio and get it onto audio and video, which YouTube would provide so that is my next feat just got to get some logistics uh continuing to work on some logistics to get that going to get that started so but in the meantime we're covering the 2023 nba finals uh predictions and short analysis first of all gotta go over um wrong on both accounts on the conference finals uh, with um, me picking the Lakers and Celtics, I was going with the media darlings this time. I was thinking they're. I think they'll they'll rough and tough it out. Both would go to seven games. Was wrong on both accounts. Right on seven games on the Celtics and Heat, but still wrong on who won. And then the Lakers. I mean, I did not see them getting swept. I knew that Denver would be a force, but I did not see them getting swept. Um, it just proves that the youth and the speed uh, of the Nuggets. Uh, when all healthy, uh, and that would include Jamal Murray, uh, is a lethal force. And if you think about it, the, the, the Nuggets have been in the playoffs uh, for the last several years as a competitive team, but they never had all guns blazing. They never had everybody fully healthy. Mainly Jamal Murray was not available, was never fully healthy. And so Jokic was out there doing it by himself. And they didn't have a fully healthy Michael Porter Jr., Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope, they they didn't have all these things. Everybody working, everybody healthy, everybody ready to go. On top of Jokic, who um, especially against the Lakers showed a lot of defense that I wasn't used to him seeing, or at least I just didn't really recognize it before this conference final series. Uh, but I think that's another thing that the Lakers underestimated. I'm pretty sure they knew how you know how they were going to have to deal with him offensively but I don't think they were ready for how good he was defensively in this series uh and that nullifies uh Anthony Davis so I mean if Anthony Davis can't do his thing and LeBron is limited on defense and you know he needs to other people to get going on offense in order for him to get going because he doesn't want to do it by himself nor can he um and then you have D'Angelo Russell in the game and then you take him out when he's doing well and he's one of your best offensive weapons, even if he has a dry spell, I'd rather leave him in there much longer than I would have him out of the game. Uh, what are you doing like putting him in the game and then taking him out of the game at critical moments for almost an entire quarter, second quarter of a game? I don't know what you're doing. He is after LeBron and after ad he is your best offensive weapon he needs to be on the floor as much as possible and the fact that they took him out as much as they did boggles my mind thought lonnie walker would contribute wasn't the case didn't really see anything else notable for anybody else on the team um yeah but i figured even though you know maybe their offense wouldn't be ablaze the defense, they try to make it a low-scoring game defensively against the Nuggets, and that just didn't happen at all. And to get swept, I'm like, it's like, like you get swept in the first round because, you know, you really 
didn't deserve to make the playoffs, but you barely made it in. Okay, but then you get swept in the conference finals. Like, dude, you don't let that happen. Even if the Warriors would have beat the Lakers in the second round in the conference semifinals, I highly doubt the Warriors get swept in the conference finals. So that that's very, very disappointing to me in, uh, when it comes to the Lakers. Um, even if you lose, you don't get swept. Not in the conference finals. Uh, but, again, coaching, the players, uh, the Lakers didn't have an answer. And that youth and speed, when all healthy, I mean, it's lethal. Uh, on the other hand, uh, crazy events where you get Miami up 3-0. Didn't see that coming. And then the Celtics come back, tie at 3-3, and then get blown out in Game 7. I'm like, you, you, you worked this hard to fight your way all the way back into it, and then Game 7, you just, that's when you flatten out? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, the whole time I'm watching them, I'm like, they are, they are they're looking like, it was game six in the NBA Finals last year when they lost to the Warriors and the Warriors sealed it all in Boston. They just looked like they were slow. They didn't feel like they wanted to be there. They, it, was, it was like they didn't want to, there was no teamwork. There was, there was nothing going on for the Celtics in that game. It was like game six when they lost to the Warriors and the Warriors sealed up their fourth title against the Celtics in Boston. That's what this game past game seven was against the Heat. It's like they did not come to play. But I was like, why do you work your butt off after a 3-0 deficit to work all the way to get it back to game seven in your house to win it all? And I, here's the thing. From what we've seen last year and this year, although it seems like they can go the distance, the Celtics are not built to go the distance. It seems like they can go the distance, but they're not built to go the distance. Think about last year. They swept the, the first round. Then they go seven games in the conference semifinal. Then they go seven games in the conference final. And then by the time they face the Warriors last year in the finals, it's like they, they're out of gas. The same thing happens this year. They go seven games in the conference semifinal and then seven games in the conference final and they flame out again. They, however you want to say what they need, what they don't need, take this person, add this person, whatever the case is, they can't do this. This, this, it just doesn't seem like this is their style, their game. They need to be snuffing teams out in five or six games. Going seven games, I mean, anybody for that matter, you got to go seven games every series you're going to get tired. I don't care how superhuman and super athlete you are. You have to consistently go seven games, seven games, seven games against the best teams. You're going to flame out. And it just doesn't seem like this is a recipe for success for the Celtics, even though they have gotten through it. It's more like they survived or outlasted other good teams. But in the playoffs, man, when you're trying to get a title, when you're trying to get a ring, you're going to have to put teams away earlier. I understand you can't sweep everybody. I understand it maybe not even five games, but five games, sometimes six games. Sometimes you need to put people's lights out. Do not give them a chance to get to seven games. And I understand, yeah, well, the other teams are competitive. Okay, fine. But what are we seeing here? We have to learn from our past. Yes, we do. We have to learn from our past. The Celtics are not built for that. 
They're wearing themselves out. And then by the time they get to the conference finals and get to game seven or get to the finals and get to game six, they don't have enough to put another team away. They're, they're flat. They're tired. They, it's like they don't want to work with each other. Nobody wants to take the shot. They're taking bad shots. Like, what, what was the point of jacking up all these threes? After a while, it's like, okay, well, maybe you need to work your way into the paint, draw some fouls, get to the free throw line, stop the clock, and catch up with free throws. That's how you catch up. When you're down and your three ball isn't working, you got to take them inside the arc. You got to score twos, get the other team in foul trouble, get to the free throw line and start knocking down your free throws and catching up while the clock is stopped. You know this, you know how to do it. You know that plus it, plus it gives your team more rest. Every time you got to go to the free throw line, you're resting. Yes, the other team is resting, but you're the one that's down and you're the one who needs to rest more than the other team. So, but instead you want to keep jacking up threes. I don't get it. But nonetheless, the team who was smarter in that instance, it's hard for me to say the best team, the team with the most talent, who the best team is, they're the best team on that day. We can go back and forth all day and all night. I already saw a debate on that and it was really stupid. But anyway, and I'm not going to say who it was. But regardless, who won the game, who was the best team on that day, I'm not going to say best team overall, but the best team on that day was the Heat. And Jimmy Butler is amazing. And he leads and commands his troops of maybe not as talented of a roster as Boston. But look, if they're a cohesive unit, a better cohesive unit, and they they not only win 3-0, and then even though you come back and win three more, you've got all the momentum and all the pressures on them. But they come into your house and seal up game seven handily, convincingly. And of course, you, you're out of gas and you almost look like you don't want to be there. But yeah, like I said, that's off to the heat. The only thing I don't like about all this is the fact that this justifies the play in tournament. Because now they're going to be like, oh, we had a team come from the 11th seed and, and, or the 10th seed and come all the way back. I don't know, is it 10 and 9? The ten, the nine, and the tenth seed uh, uh, playing tournament spot, and they came in and they beat the, the the number one seed, and they got all the way now to the NBA finals. Look, first of all, I said that the Heat way back when were going to be a dark horse. I said that before the season ended, before the regular season ended, I was like the, the the Heat are a dark horse. I said that. Number two, the odds of you beating a number one seed as a number eight seed. That only happens once every like 15 years. So don't get, don't get, don't get all too excited about this. Most years, every 14 out of 15 years, the play-in tournaments are worthless. And the eighth seed and the seventh seed are going to get mopped the floor with by the one and the two seed. Okay. So it's still really not worth it. But then you get your Cinderella. If you're cool with a Cinderella once every 15 years, okay, great. I'm not. But again, this justifies the tournament and I really, it just, it, a lot of things had to fall into place. I'm not saying that he got lucky. They fought, they did what they had to do and they were smart in terms of 
pouncing on teams early and not giving them a chance to breathe once they got on top of them. That was why they were able to beat the Bucks because when Giannis got hurt, they took advantage of that. And then by the time Giannis got back in, they were already on a roll and there was nothing Giannis could do to get back in the game or get his team back in the game because they were so heavily dependent on Giannis, like the rest of the team was crap, which is why I don't put too much stock in the regular season, like I said before, see Memphis Grizzlies for the last two straight years, second seed for the last two straight playoffs, it got bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs when they actually faced good teams. So go over to the Bucks. same thing happens even after the injury, Giannis comes back, you know he's not 100%. And then if they got if they rely on him to score 50 points a game just for them to have a chance to win, yeah, Jimmy Butler ain't having that. Come on now. You got to be look, you got to respect him now. You got to you you can't even if he is the AC, you don't underestimate anybody. And if you are that reliant on one person to help you win, now granted, if something happened to Jimmy Butler, yeah, the Heat would be in shambles. I get that. But that thing, that's not the that's not what happened. Giannis is the one that got hurt. And the rest of the team was like, oh, they I, I, I'm pretty sure they were all mentally like, we're out of this anyway now. I don't think we can win this anyway. Or maybe we can just hopefully just stretch it and hang on and and push through until Giannis gets back. Oh, Giannis is back. Okay, we can go back to just watching him play now. We'll just stand on the court and watch him play. Like we always do. <laughs> yeah, didn't work this time. So, yeah. So, a lot of those things had to fall into place. But the Heat were smart. And they have one of the best coaches in the league that will coach them in order to take advantage of any situation that is presented to them. I would not doubt Eric Spolstra to be smart enough to take advantage of situations like that. So you get that. You get, um, I would say, run of the uh, middle of the road, middle of the pack team in the Knicks. I already knew there was no way that they were the Knicks were going to beat them. They didn't even. They just didn't have enough star power. They didn't have enough firepower offensively. There was just there wasn't enough there at all for the Knicks. The Knicks got by because they beat other mediocre teams in the in the regular season and then they faced a one-trick pony in the first round against Cleveland it was just Donovan Mitchell and that was it it was basically Donovan Mitchell versus the entire Knicks team so you knew who was going to win that so then you get to facing the Heat and the Heat are led by Jimmy Butler and company and it's just yeah that's a wrap so then you get to the conference finals and it's a dogfight I knew that the, that Boston wasn't going to get swept I didn't think that they would come back and win three straight. I figured, okay, by that point, it's probably going to end in six in Miami. But they forced it to game seven, and then they just laid an egg at home. And Boston is getting quite a reputation for doing that now. I'm like, dude, I, <laughs> I'm not getting, I'm, I, the, 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 I'm not, I'm not getting eliminated at home, man. It's not. I, I, man, I'm going all out. I have to foul out, and, I, and then once I foul out and I'm and I get ejected from the game, I don't even see the rest of the game. At you know, at home, I'm not gonna be there when the when the buzzer sounds zero, and I'm in my home court, my home stadium, my home fans, and we getting eliminated. No, no, I'm not gonna be there. <laughs> I'm fighting my behind off. I'm getting eliminated. I'm getting ejected, fouled out of the game, where I ain't gonna be there because I didn't give my all, and I'm not gonna do no, no. 
No, we're going to have to force a game eight or a game nine on the road and get eliminated there. No, no, no. <laughs> I would not stand for it. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. But anyway, uh, where was I? We got eating nuggets. Predictions. It's who I want to win versus who I think is going to win. I want Miami to win. I want Jimmy Butler to get his ring. I like Eric Spolster as a coach. Um, I want Jimmy Butler to get a ring. But what I think is going to happen is, oh, the Nuggets. Maybe it'll be a good fight and it'll go seven games. Maybe. But I'm going to say right now, just because, you know, Jimmy Butler can do his thing. Jokic can do his thing. But if you're talking about supporting cast, if you take the two main stars out, who has the better supporting cast? No question. It is Denver. I just hate the fact that it's Denver. The Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets NBA champion. Nobody cares about Denver being the champions except for Denver. At least with Miami, there's people outside of Miami who like Jimmy Butler. There's people outside of Miami who like Eric Spolster as a coach. And it's like, yeah, Jimmy Butler, yeah. Eric Spolster, great coach, yeah. Denver is, uh, uh, huh? It's like you wish that all the star players in Denver played for a different team, not the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> but I think Denver's going to win in six. I'm putting it down there, but I hope I'm wrong. See, this is this is my trick. This is how I win. Either way, I am a winner. Okay, not you, but me. <laughs> if I predict the team that I don't want to win and they win, I'm right. If I'm wrong, it's great because the team I wanted to win won. That's how it works. That's the trick of sports people. And I probably shouldn't have shared that with you because now you know my secrets. And those secrets of the sports world. The sports broadcasting world. But hey. I'm here to give to you. Okay. So that will conclude this edition. Of Scout Team Sports. For the NBA 2023. Season. Wrapping it up. At the end of this series. We will have a new NBA champion. And then it's off to the off season. Be on the lookout for some sports updates, especially when it comes to the NFL and college football that I did want to talk about, especially this new kickoff rule that a lot of coaches now are voicing their opinions about, and we'll get to that. Uh, once again, this is Devalue with Scout Team Sports. Believe until you stop breathing. Believe all, uh, appreciate rather, all of my subscribers. Please continue to share this podcast with other sports fans and others who would love to support a young and up-and-coming sports broadcaster. I'll see you in the next video. Peace.